And we are back live. Well, that was an ordeal. I just got a message that we were having trouble with the internet. Have no idea why. Well, welcome to the second part of this Thursday's Ravenheart, your double shot Thursday. And yeah, the comment lines are open and we want to hear from you because we're going to check out some new tracks tonight from our good friends from Texas. They are a band that will melt your face off. It is the band known as Dead Sin. Well, since it is a double shot Thursday, I need more caffeine and I'm going to only drink one cup of coffee right now. And hey, welcome to all of our viewers and our listeners that are out there with me is the one, the only, a regular on Raven's Heart now, his second time around. It is Brian Brown. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Glenn, what's going on? How's everybody doing out there? (laughs) <laughs> we are doing great. And we've got comments rolling in already. We got Tiffany Shelton. She says, let's go dead sin. And then Christopher Shelton. Yes, they are related. He's like, let's get it. They are big dead sin fans. And oh. hey, if you're, yeah, it's, uh, we got the fan club going on. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys. I, I digged your last song. It's cool. Good stuff, man. Last trumpet. All right. All right, community. That's what this is all about. Hey, and speaking of community, if you're watching us on YouTube, um, do me a favor, go ahead and subscribe, please, and ring the little bell uh, so that you can get a reminder for when we're coming on. We got comment, more comments rolling in. The Grand is back with us. It says, does that, does that cup hold a full pot? I think it holds a couple pots of coffee. And we got Will Ferguson back. He says words. And I love the way that Will spells that. Dude, we spoke a year ago. We were just talking. I was just getting over COVID at that time, so I'm a little bit more animated right now and, and excited. This is really what I'm drinking out of right now is this smaller cup of coffee. But since we talked last, Deadson has been busy. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, it's been quite a year. And going back to at that point where we did our interview back then, I think we had just basically put out uh, the three song EP, um, The Protest, it was called. And uh, since then, we've released three more songs over the course of about a year now and uh, played some pretty cool shows and stuff and uh, been growing and just, you know, enjoying this whole process. It's fun to watch because you guys have been a cornucopia. You might have to look that word up. Cornucopia <laughs> of, of fruit. Well, I want to get into the first song that you put out. Uh, I've been doing a lot of talking here and I want to do some rocking. Uh, it's a song that is... Uh, pretty heavy it's called sovereign what is this song about uh yeah yeah it's probably uh, our heaviest song that we wrote to this date and uh it, it's, just, it's just a song about you know the sovereignty of, of god it's a topic that uh you know i think every christian agrees with and then you can divide over like levels of how much or whatever and uh 
but we've always felt that this was one of these songs that we wanted to write for even before we started the band is uh, me and Keegan were original, uh, I guess, founders and members. Uh, we talked about trying to find a song like this that would uh, sum up as best as we could. as just <laughs> weak people, you know, trying to write about the massive, um, you know, awesomeness of our Lord, of our Lord and Savior. And uh, we just, you know, kind of put it together and we finally kind of came up with some riffs that fit the mood. And it's just, uh, it is what it is. It's kind of pointing out who God is. And at the same time, there's a couple lines talking about who we are as people uh, before and after salvation. So it's, it's a song that's heavy in lyrical content, heavy in theology yes. and heavy in sound. And Christopher Shelton is so excited about this. He, he's just, the comments are coming in already on the song. And we haven't even played it yet. He says, yes, <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> All right. <man. laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take your comments, join the conversation. What are your thoughts on this song? Sovereign by dead sin.
unreal. There you are just sitting all chilled out in your chair, just chillax, like, hey, man, everything's cool. I'm just a laid back dude. And wow, amazing. And we got comments rolling in. This is awesome. We've got Tiffany says, love the breakdown. And oh boy, here we go. I, I'm going to have to do some reading here. So I should put my readers on. <laughs> Heavy right. hitting reminds me of the mid uh, 1980s metal band. And that rules, brother. Uh, man, meeting Satan's, uh, melting Satan's face off with the words of God, dude. That perfect drive and rhythm. Christopher says, solid, phenomenal. And uh, yeah, that and uh, what a what a question. I'm going to go back to Tiffany. It's just everything's just coming up real quick. I love this. That's all right. What, uh, who are you? What a question. And that is a question. I'm sitting here listening to this and I got two things going on in my mind when I listen to this. It's like R.C. Sproul meets Alice in Chains. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that, dude. That's awesome. Wow, you, know, you actually nailed it, really. <laughs> wow. I can see the late R.C. Sproul getting down with it and be like, that is theologically <laughs> correct. <laughs> Man, you, you are right on the mark. Both uh, the uh, Three-fourths of the band are, is reformed like R.C. was in his theology. And uh, yeah, it, you know, you you said I'm chilling back, but man, God is sovereign, right? Yes. That's what the point of the song is. You know that no matter good times or bad times, He is still sovereign. He's in control, and as believers, we actually take comfort in that. You know, because life is life, and there's going to be blessings, and there's going to be bad things too. Because it's just we live in a fallen world, you know. And unless Jesus returns, we're all going to face something that eventually will, you know kill us and bring us to our end but yeah uh, like romans 8 28 is one of my favorite verses you know and and just that concept of you know all things are going to work out for good to those who are loved and called according to god so we just grab a hold of that and yeah. i know it's hard because i've gone through some tough stuff before and that's when you you, you know you really got to cling to the faith and pray and get deeper into the word of god but yeah i appreciate the comments everybody and uh it is one of our more serious kind of, like you said earlier, theological type, you know, songs. We do have a few of those out there where we, you know, get into some deeper topics, I guess. I'm not trying to say that we're a bunch of smart theologians, right. you know, we're not really like that, but in, in everything we do, but we're just trying to write on topics. A lot of times, maybe nobody like else likes to talk about as much, but I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the song and the grand's weighing in as well. He's like, a or amen with two <laughs> exclamation points. Thank you, the grand. Thank you for your comment there. Most of the times when I've heard songs about God's sovereignty, and I kind of want to sit on this for a minute because there's a couple things going on here. A lot of the songs that I've heard about his sovereignty are very light and airy, and, and that's okay. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. And, uh, oh, Cameron, got another great answer, Brad. <laughs> oh, oh, that is, that's the guy who did the lead solo. He's our, our lead guitar player. Nice. Guitar player. Nice. What's up, Cam? <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Appreciate you joining with us. Awesome riffs, man. Um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the songs about God's sovereignty that we're used to are very light and airy. And, you know, you can think of the flowers and the sunshine and everything like that. But, dude, this is in your face. Uh, the lyrics are bold. The riffs are bold. Theologically correct. It does not stray at all. Uh, how does the heaviness of the sound and the boldness of the lyrics to you emphasize the sovereignty of God? Why is 
Why does that sound fitting for a topic such as God's sovereignty? That's a good question. Um, and you're right. There's really no, there's not a wrong way, you know, to write something when you're talking about this topic. Like you said, I've heard the same type of stuff where songs are, you know, kind of chill and light and pianos and strings, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I know for us, like I said earlier, uh, Keegan put it really well a few weeks ago in an interview. He was like, we were, we had this idea, but we needed to find the riffs and we needed to find the mood for what we wanted to portray uh, with this song and coming at it with this topic of God's sovereignty. And it just, one of those things where uh, he actually, he's our drummer, but he actually wrote the main riff of that. And I think I wrote the chorus and uh, we just put it together and, you know, slid some words in there and, and uh, went from there. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're a hard rock band. You know, and this is one of our little, we, we kind of like stick our toes in the metal scene every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So it just worked out that the mood fit and uh, it just fit what we were trying to say for this song. It really does. I went to Job chapter 42 today to prepare for our discussion tonight and reading the way that the Lord responded to Job, you know, in basically in a whirlwind, who, who do you think you are? And exactly. Really, yeah, it really comes off of what the Lord was speaking in Job 41 about defeating Leviathan. It's like, dude, do you think you can really defeat that thing that I did? Mm. And it makes you think from because Leviathan was a monster. He was a sea monster. Mm. It wasn't a whale. It wasn't Jaws or anything. It was a sea monster. Mm. And it makes you think for a moment, did God create Leviathan? just to show his sovereignty in defeating Leviathan in the end when Leviathan shook his fists at God. Something to think about. For sure. No, something I, I to think, think about. A, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, everything God created uh, Lucifer. I mean, he created everything knowing ahead of time that he was going to rebel. And you, you see other sites talks about uh, uh, Pharaoh in Romans chapter nine. Yes. He goes, I raised up Pharaoh for yes. this very purpose to show my glory and power over him. Um, I was reading. That's a good a, point. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading um, in first Samuel and second Samuel and Kings. I, I wanted to go back and kind of pick up where, you know, the history of the Kings of Israel and Judah and just kind of go back, refresh my memory on, cause I love history. So I was, I was reading that started out about six weeks ago, but there was many times where it says God raised up, I can't pronounce all their names because of the foreign kings who were going to be the enemies. Is that God raised them up, used him to attack or punish Israel because they fell into idolatry, you know? Mm -hmm. So God brings up these things to either use as a weapon to discipline his people at that time or to show his power against. Yeah. So um, that's, that's, that's right. And you, that part in Job is, is kind of goes along with this song very well. In fact, that was a good callback. It does. Because he does. He tells Job, like, who are you? I've created the stars. I created the Leviathan. I've done all this. Who, who are you? You're, you're mm -hmm. nobody. We're, we, and that's, that's a good point. R.C. once said is, you know, one of the biggest problems in his opinion was in today's church over the last 20 years or so is we don't know who God is. Yes. And we don't know, know who we are. And he's talking about we, we tend, especially over the last 20 or 30 years, we elevate humanity up instead of looking at us as we're, we're creatures saved by the grace of god knowing that we deserve to be punished we deserve yes. we deserve judgment 
you know, but he, but as believers, we have been saved from that. And it's all because of God's grace, you know, his, salvation is of the Lord. Right. So but exactly. that was a good callback on Job. I love that part where even where Job says, though he slay me yet, I mm-hmm. will trust him. That's a really powerful line. Once again, talking about sovereignty of God that, you know, there's been how many millions of maybe hundreds of thousands of martyrs who yeah. all gave their life. And I'm sure at that very last second, they were kind of like, well, God, are you going to pull me out of this or what? But he does sometimes and he doesn't sometimes, but it's all for his glory and his purposes. Yeah, he does. And if you read Fox's book of martyrs, two, two recommended readings tonight, R.C. Right. Sproul's The Holiness of God. Awesome yes. book. You have to read yes. it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love R.C. Sproul. I've taken some of his online classes and oh, I nice. think he actually, I think he actually did a guest. This was like in the nineties when I was in seminary. I think he guest appeared in one of the classes that I was taking remotely. Uh, oh, cool. If I remember correctly, second book to read is Fox's book of martyrs, mm. because in those martyrs that God did not spare, there were people getting saved as their heads were getting the, the, the Holy spirit would just drop and they would wow. see the glory of these people just being slain, man. We're talking metal stuff tonight, people. I mean, this <laughs> is metal. Okay. Wow, you can't get any more metal than this. Um, they would yeah. get saved just by seeing the death of the saints. And if you think about it, that's biblical because Mm -hmm. Paul was right there when Stephen was getting stoned. And that was the beginning of Paul's journey down the road to Damascus. And uh, we got another comment from the grand grand yet. Wow. Yeah. Something to consider things to ponder. And not only was there Leviathan, there was also Behemoth too, the other monster that he created. And there was a third one that I referred to as Big Bird, known as Z's. And that's in scripture as well when when you go back. And it was a very big bird. So, no, I'm not saying Big Bird's a demon, okay, people? (laughs) Let's not go that far with it. But, uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, I want to bring up the the artwork for The Sovereign is just amazing. Mm -hmm. I want to pull this up here so that everybody can see it that's watching online. This is the artwork for Sovereign. Now, let me explain what we've got going on here. We've got all these mountains and hills. We've got a city that's like on fire with people running around. I mean, this is like you know Ronnie James Dio-ish type <laughs> album cover here uh, with all the fire and, and, and mayhem yeah. going on. Uh, is this like an illustration of what happens at a Dead Sin concert when you turn the amp up to 11? Or oh, what's going on in this picture here? Oh my gosh, let's hope not nobody will ever show up. But, uh, I would. I'd be like, man, that's where I want to be. <laughs> no, actually, that is, a, that is a painting of Jerusalem in 70 AD when the Romans, uh, Roman army showed up and began the siege of the city. It lasted about okay. three and a half months or so and it went through and um, destroyed the whole city. And uh, Josephus, which is another good book to read. He yes. says that his estimate was 1.1 million uh, people died during that time. And uh, it's a profound moment in history, uh, judgment from the Lord using the Roman army to take it out. They pulled every stone up from the temple and just pulled it up. You can't even tell where the old temple stood, they said afterwards. And uh, it's all fulfilling Matthew 24. Yeah where Jesus says, and he gives the, all of it discoursing, talks about, you see this building because the disciples were saying, look how great this temple is and all this. And he tells them not one stone will be left upon another and it will be left desolate. And he said, this generation will not pass. And sure enough, within that time frame, that's what happened. And I, I hearken 
to that that story and also to the, the right before it was Jesus or Barabbas and the people were crying, crucify him, crucify him. We have no Caesar, I mean, no king but Caesar and let his blood be upon us and our children. And if we think that God was going to sit back and not punish uh, and, and bring judgment upon people who murdered his own son. In fact, there's a, remember the parable, I think it's the vineyard parable yes. where, uh, mm-hmm. The, he had these people work in his vineyards and he would send servants and they would kill him and kill him and kill him. And finally, he's like, oh, I'll send my own son. Surely they'll respect him and listen to me because, you know, they weren't doing whatever was right. And they kill him thinking, hey, we'll take we'll kill him and take his inheritance. And then he, he the king comes and wipes them all out. But Jesus was foretelling all of this, you know, that this was about to happen. But it's a very powerful moment of history. It's an end of an age. It's the beginning of the church age in a way. And it's just a very, uh, I think the picture artwork and, you know, graphic of that is pretty powerful. It is. It's, it's sad to think about all the the people in the war and stuff, but it's just a very powerful picture. It is. We've, it's floating around on the internet. So, I mean, it was like one of those things were public use. So we didn't have somebody <laughs> write it up and draw it for us. That would have cost uh, millions of dollars. But <laughs> yeah, good, good choice. Good choice. We got Thank some you. comments on the painting. Whoa, that's a deep painting and uh, also says awesome cover. And Will brought something up. I want to I want to go back here just for mm-hmm. a second. He's like the Kraken, LOL, referring to Leviathan. Yes. That's where they got the idea for the Kraken from. That's where the idea of Godzilla came from as well. Um, As a matter of fact, um, if you go back, Blue Oyster Cult really got a (laughs) handle on that with their song Godzilla. Because if you listen to the words, it talks about judgment coming on man because of his folly from Godzilla. So really, really interesting. Yes. And uh, Brian, you are a theological nerd. (laughs) <laughs> just just like me <laughs> i am i i do spend too much i've spent some money on books written by old dead men yes i have done that <laughs> and uh, i like to listen to uh lots of podcasts and different topics i just find it very interesting uh, one, another thing that rc always said was everyone's a theologian if you believe right if you become a believer then at the very least you're a little small t theologian you may not have the capital t doctorate going to seminary but it basically just means right the study of god and yes. as believers you know we should grow we should you know it's it's like rebirth as jesus says in john 3 it's like you're born again you're basically a babe and you learn and you grow the holy spirit is changing you and guiding you the sanctification process is going on and on and um you're just you're, that's where I think a lot of people get off track where you'll see a person who's been saved 25 years. But yet, if you look at them spiritually growth, they might be a two year old. They're yeah. still a toddler. Oh, right. They're not into Paul talks about. I can't even give you the meat. You still need milk because I think that was in Corinthians. But yeah. he's just telling people to grow, 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 you know, and it's it's a slow process. It's not like you're going to go from being saved and then two years later, you know everything. You know, it's just a slow process of studying. And I, I do like to read different theologians. I have a few that I really love. And it just, you know, I, they're flawed. They're not, you know, um, they're fl- they're men. So, you know, I'm not saying everything they say is 100% true and accurate. But you can at least get 
especially with like tougher scripture verses and things where you're like, wow, oh, yes. tough verse. You know, yep. look into different people who are way smarter than me and they can maybe guide you and say, well, I think he's saying this here or they're saying that there. So it just helps you. You know, the word of the, the word is true. You know, it's, it's it is perfect. It is. It is. One of the things that I appreciate about RC as well is he did a wonderful teaching on the restoration of the arts through the church and goes back and talks about how the epicenter of art was the church back in the day. That's where all the arts flowed from. And that's one of our um, ideals here or um, that's our heart at Raven's heart is to see the arts restored to the church, taking taking it all back from Satan. That's what you just did in that song, Sovereign. You know, I love Alice in Chains, but there's only so far I can go with them. There's some places I just can't go with Alice yep. in Chains, but you're taking that sound and you're redeeming it and bringing it to the glory of God because it's not the sound that's the issue. It's the way the sound is used. It's, as I said a couple of weeks ago on Alithos, but it's the art, it's the heart behind the art. So let's talk about another song that you did that is quite different. It's like the polar opposite (laughs) of what we just listened to, but it's got teeth and it's actually a cover. Take me back to the day when I was first saved DC talk. (laughs) I know it's, uh, I love what you just said because it's totally different, right? It's, uh, it's, uh, well, before I go any further, we have a good buddy, Chad Finner, who's a photographer around here and he takes awesome pictures. And he told us after he heard we were doing this song, you know, that's a Charlie Peacock song, right? And we were like, really? I go, I faintly remember Charlie Peacock as a songwriter in the 70s and 80s. And sure enough, DC Talk covered his song. I did not know that. I just I just found out too when we started doing this about six months ago. <laughs> so yes, it's a Charlie Peacock original he wrote. DC Talk covered it, kind of made it their own, and we decided the words lyrically it fits everything that we believe in, mm-hmm. and it's pretty even for for a pop song. It's very deep, and that's what we like. It we're is. Like, this is a deep song, right? So we just kind of made it our own. But yeah, it was a it was fun. <laughs> Yeah. And this is In the Light, DC Talk cover by Dead Sin. We're going to take your comments on this, see how you like it, because I'm sure a lot of our viewers and listeners remember the DC Talk version from the Jesus Freak album. It was yes. In the Light by Dead Sin. Oh 
Everybody send us your comments on In the Light, the DC Talk cover by Dead Sin. One of the things that I really appreciate about this cover is it's got that definite, distinct Dead Sin sound. I can tell that's you. But at the same time, you've got some of the 90s nuances in there. When you were putting this together, did you purposely put those in there or did you work that in there? Or how'd that come about? Were you able to uh, get that in there? Yeah, um, you know, I always I tell people when to me as a band when you're an artist you're you know let's say you want to do a cover there's like two ways to do it you either do it just like the original artist and you try to make it sound just like they do or you make it your own and you kind of change it up you know you still want to keep the intention of the song and what they're saying and what they're trying to pull but um yeah you know being that we do have a lot of 90s influences fit perfectly with what we're doing um we change a couple sections up like verse two is different we kind of almost bring it into like a punkish upbeat section and 
-hmm. it was one of the songs we were able to add a little bit of acoustic guitar at times and during the choruses and just some keyboard stuff we had a lot of fun really because a lot you know we don't usually make this it's it's a it's a big song big sounding song and there's a lot of stuff and actually you know keegan uh tracked it mixed it mastered it you know it was all him on this and he did a wonderful job we've heard we've heard a lot of good compliments about the mix of it but yeah you know dc talk has that like a lot like that reggae kind of vibe and kevin max is singing and uh michael tate and they're great singers and mm -hmm. none of us sing that good so we were just like we got to make it our own and <laughs> chug it up a little bit let's get some distortion in there and we made it like that <laughs> uh, they were i mean they were huge i was saved in 1993 and mm -hmm. one of the first cassette tapes i bought was dc talk and i remember driving around in my 93 red ford escort with love is a verb blasting on the stereo system oh my gosh wow there's a throwback <laughs> it is hey we got our comments rolling in christopher shelton says i love it great job and then uh, michelle she says all i want to do is be in the light yes absolutely and then uh, william ferguson says love it that's a chart topper and we got to go back here for a minute. Christopher Shelton, brother, you might not call yourself a theologian, but you're going pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I don't have any paper to prove that, but you know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about metal and theology. I think it's because people that are into metal, it's just the way that they're wired or harder rock. They're wired yes. to discover the mysteries of the universe. They're really just, you know, want to know more what's out there what's this all about and they do those deep absolutely. dives absolutely i totally agree i think that's one of the beauties of metal as a whole genre is that generally and i'm not trying to knock everybody on a peg when it comes to pop music or something but it's a little it's it's intended to be deeper in many ways with lyrics you're talking maybe about social issues you're talking about whatever but it's just different stuff it's deeper stuff and as when you're writing pop music or rock or radio friendly stuff, you know, you it's, it's for a wide general audience. So you just write about feelings, you know, yes. and, and you just keep it really simple because you're in a way you're kind of dumbing down the message or whatever you're trying to. And I'm not talking, there's some good pop songs that are deep and stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm just saying as a genre metal, hard rock has always been this, this outlet for people who can, you know, really get into and express uh, some deeper topics. Yes. There's nothing wrong with wanting to swing from the chandelier every once in a while. It's, it's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with listening to some Phil Collins, man. I oh, that oh, so, you know, I, I, that's a guilty pleasure. I love yeah. me some Phil Collins. I, I listen to him probably once every few weeks. I'll put on his greatest hits. I love that dude. I, he's one of the most talented songwriters, drummers, and uh, I just, I can chill out to some of that stuff, you know. That's oh, good absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. And I <laughs> loved him with Genesis uh, when they yep. came to the forefront. And a lot of people, they're like, oh, yeah, they were a great band in the 80s. A lot of people don't realize they were trying to make <laughs> ends, ends meet in the 60s, you know, and yeah, didn't become yeah. big until the until the late 70s uh, and right. 80s. And that's when they, then they had the spinoff bands. And I was always fascinated mm -hmm. by uh, the side project, uh, Mike Rutherford, Mike and the Mechanics. Yes. Yeah. And that song, Can You Hear Me, is so prophetic mm, and so profound. Mm. If you go back and listen to it, it's like, 
Hmm, kind of sounds like times that we're living in or we're getting close to today. What did they yeah. see or what they what what did they do? I'd still love to know what Sue Studio means, though, I, what the definition of that is. <laughs> well, I will help you. I will okay. help you solve that right now because I watched this uh, documentary on him. This is what I'm talking about. See, I watched a documentary and Phil says when they were in doing like the demo tracks that he had just, you know, he was coming up with a melody line and he just says, so Sue Studio, you know. And the intention was when he got into the studio, he was going to come up with some a word to fit in that studio line. But he said, I tried and tried for days and I couldn't find nothing that would go and just fit what I was trying to do there. So I just left it as a studio. And everybody Brilliant. has always said, maybe it's like a girl's name or something, but <laughs> that's the truth. It was just like, you know, you're just like, I'll do this when I'm writing. And other, I'm sure everybody does, too, when you're uh, songwriting. You don't really have words. You just start humming. You're making up sounds and consonants. And it sounds pretty stupid. But you're just trying to lay down like a melody line. And he was doing something like that and was like, so, 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 studio, you know, and it worked out great. Wow. Wow. And, you know, on the topic of Genesis and Phil Collins and Mike Rutherford, mm -hmm. going back to the older Genesis uh, one of the individuals that I greatly appreciated from that band that spun off was Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. And he is, uh, his last thing he was doing, he was going around with the gospel group, the blind boys of Alabama and working with wow. them. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. I was not surprised when I heard that because if you go back and I challenge our listeners and viewers to do this, go back and listen to some of Peter Gabriel's songs, go uh, in your eyes, listen yes. to it from a biblical perspective. Um, yeah. Don't give up with Kate Bush, um, who's just because of Stranger Things is now all of a sudden a big thing again. Kate Bush. Mm -hmm. and I remember Kate Bush in the 80s and all that stuff and her with Peter Gabriel. Love that song. Mercy Street, another one. And we got a comment from Tiffany. She says, mm -hmm. that's because we are used to being forced into a, a, a bad box. So when God uses what we do, we become more aware of how out of the box God actually is. We also recognize that our sound uh, enforces the urgency and need of having the only true Savior. That is a profound statement mm -hmm. on hard rock and metal because yeah, it's out of the box. Yeah, it's out of the box. It's not the pablum that's given on. Uh, it's not the chords, you know, the same chords and the same rhythms and the same beats mm -hmm. going the same tempo. Tempo changes the whole nine yards. That's the way God is. God's spirit yes. is always moving. Yes. Oh, for sure. We can't put God in a box. And that's why I think the beauty of music is, uh, you said this earlier about like Alice in Chains, you know, you, they had a very unique sound and the way they played and wrote their songs. But, you know, uh, not that we're, we're stealing anything and sounding just like them, but, you know, any hard rock band, any metal band, you know, a lot of people, and I grew up with this saying, well, it's got heavy distortion. It's bad. It's of the devil. And really, it's not the music. It's no. it's what what are you saying? That's what you right. said earlier. It's the spirit. It's the lyrical context. It's the emotion, yes. the feelings of it. And yeah, sure, you can play certain chords that sound super sad and you know dark. I mean, we took we have some songs even like Sovereign's kind of got a darker edge to it, you know. But um, that's just music. So I think with God, you can play a banjo. You can play a whatever violins uh bagpipes uh drop z tuned guitars i'm joking <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but whatever you want man get heavy get loud yeah. get soft get quiet 
That's the beauty. Yes. And then Tiffany says again, yes, the motive and heart behind the message. That's exactly it. And I've even heard this with secular bands where the motive behind the song is not to push you to darkness, but it's just stating what they see in the world. There's nothing impure yeah. about that. It's just your perspective and yeah. what you see. And it's like, okay, this isn't offensive at all. And here's mm-hmm. something. Oh, Michelle's got something to weigh in on. Something I want to bring up and I want to discuss too. Yes, I want to hear you uh, do the job Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm working on a 12-string guitar. No, I'm sorry, it's 14. We're going to go really low. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I joke about how metal is uh, just gets deeper and lower and lower and lower. So obviously there's no Z note. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> she, she caught that. What's up, Michelle? You caught that. Yeah. She she <laughs> plays guitar. So she, yeah. she caught on that In one fact, really quick. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know who Michelle is. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? We, yeah. we, uh, we actually, uh, when it comes to like what we play, uh, we play uh in d standard right which is you know e standard is your traditional normal bass tuning and we're just down a, a whole step overall uh and i feel like uh i was talking to cameron our guitar player the other day in fact over dinner we were talking about maybe writing a couple heavy songs and i was like you know he's like yeah we don't have to drop we just have to get the tone it's the tone of the strings you can be in d standard and i think uh being heavy is somewhat of an attitude as well and um you know i think you can come across and as a d standard band you don't have to drop b drop a you know you don't have to and to me maybe i'm old but uh <laughs> when i hear the drop a stuff it sounds it sounds pretty good when you're listening on your headphones in the car but when you see them live it's just one muddled you know it's just there's not a lot of distinction uh with notes and stuff but maybe i'm just old i don't know <laughs> you're not that old <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm actually uh I'm actually 32. This beard is just stress from earlier. <laughs> no, I'm I'm lying to you. I'm not 32. <laughs> Michelle gives you a big smiley face and then uh, Christopher says D standard for us too over at the last All trumpet. right. Way to go. See, I mean, let's bring it back. You know, like all the most of the bands, you know, uh, up to probably the early 2000s, everything was pretty much D standard. I mean, Corn kind of came in, but they were playing seven string guitars and, you know, dropped way low but i don't know i just think it's different you know be different you know even country music's in drop c so i guess i've heard people say we're not heavy enough because we're country music's uh lower tuned than we are <laughs> but i don't know and i gotta put that challenge out again if there's any band that has come together as a result of farmersonly.com speaking of country music mm-hmm. off of our earlier edition you need to email me at lithoscry at gmail.com that's l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at gmail.com because yes. I want to hear your story yes. of farmersonly.com. <laughs> and the grand really, says that is a fine beard. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've been growing this for a little bit over two years, and I just actually trimmed back about two inches on this thing. But uh yeah, it's uh it's you know, I don't have hair, so I I was I'm able to grow a beard for, for some reason and uh, just beard oils and beard balm man that's it and shampoo this thing about every five or six days with some special uh, you know specialized shampoo for beards and you can grow one too that's it you know <laughs> boy not only do you get deep theology heavy music but grooming tips everything Absolutely. this is the total package this evening <laughs> <laughs> thank you appreciate it yeah 
I'll be here all week, you know, whatever you need, hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll give you advice. <laughs> hey, the last time that we talked a year ago, you were getting ready to share the stage with Disciple. And that was a big deal to you because they're one of the bands that has influenced Dead Sin. What was it like now that you've done it? What was it like to share the stage with a band that's been such an influence in your life? Wow. Uh, it was cool. It was nerve wracking. It was full of anxiety. And, um, uh, but it was probably the best show. It was the best show I've ever played. And uh, it was really fun. The guys in the band are super cool. You know, we, we were able to be there when they rolled in in their bus and, and they get the stuff and meeting them and talking to them. And uh, it was a great night. It was kind of different because the stage at the church we were playing was kind of, they had so much gear and lighting and TVs and stuff. So we had to actually set our stuff on the floor, you know, and not that it's a high stage, you know, you're talking 10 inches or something, but we were on the floor and people were just like, it was so cool. I'm singing in a mic and like three feet in front of me, eye to eye, people all around us. It was very kind of like uh, reminiscent of like, you'd say like a hardcore show or, you know, one of those types of underground metal nights and uh but the it was a wonderful night and it was definitely nerve-wracking because um you know i've been a fan of theirs since i first heard them in like 1996 or something and uh i basically have had every album i listen to them all the time and so they were definitely kind of like you know heroes of christian music for me and a lot of their uh, songs have helped me through times and uh ministered to me and they're the real deal there's no doubt they are the real deal when it comes to their faith and to uh, taking it as a ministry as mm -hmm. versus taking, you know, cause this is always what the great debate, right. As a Christian band, huh? Oh, is yeah. it a ministry or is it just, are you trying to, I'm not going to say you're not selling out, but you're not always out there where every song is in your face about Jesus. Right. Or something, you know what I'm saying? So it's, that's the great debate. And, uh, but they, 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 they're in there for the right reasons. And Kevin shared like a 45 minute, you know, talk and, uh, people got saved that night. And it was great. just really cool to be a small part of that and be in there and kind of play in front of your heroes in that sense. That is so, what a blessing to have that opportunity yes. to be able to do that. And on August 20th, you've got another show coming up mm -hmm. with Roland and another very good friend of Raven's Heart and Let Us Cry, Dave Harvey from Millennial Rain. Nice. Uh, yes, he's uh, been with us, and Dave and I, we email back and forth every once in a while. What a heart towards the Lord and towards ministry as well uh, with that project that they have. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about this show? Where's it going to be, and where can people get tickets at? Yes, uh, it's, it's August 20th. It's at the Rail Club in Fort Worth. Rail Club Live, I believe is what it's called, in Fort Worth. And uh, you got Relent, who are our friends down there in San Antonio, a few hours away. And uh, if you like uh, new metal, if you like POD and you like Seven Dust, then this is the band for you. Check them out. Uh, we've, I know, I don't know them like friendly, friendly, but I'm Facebook friends with a couple of them. And their ex bass player is another RC fan. So I've talked to him and we've shared big things, you know, talking theology, man. You know how it is. Like me and you, Glenn, we could probably talk for hours about different topics. Oh, we on. could. Yeah, we could. But anyway, he he's not in the band anymore. But uh, yeah, that's how I know them. And I did not know that you know uh, Dane Dana from uh, Millennial Rain. And I saw him back in the day when I was 
I wasn't a Christian and I was uh, in bars and playing music and he was in this other band and I was like, man, that guy is shredding on the bass because he was playing bass. And then I saw years later, he was in this band and I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't even know he was a Christian at that time. So I'm looking forward to hearing them. Yeah, they're they're phenomenal, and uh, his heart is ministry. That's why he does what he does in the direction awesome. that the band's going. I first um, found out about them. I got a music sampler from Ulterium Records because I listen to a lot of European metal, and that's oh, a European yeah. label. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's the first time I had heard of Millennial Rain. And he sent me an email about a year ago. It was like, hey, um, and it's like I didn't know you did all this stuff. And we started talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I got to have you on the show. Because, yeah, I know who you are. You know, it was really kind. Of, that would be kind of like if Disciple reached out to you. You know what I'm saying? It was oh, kind yeah, of like for yeah. me, I'm like, dude, it's Millennial Rain and awesome, awesome heart towards the Lord. Uh, Will yes. says, "Hey, his home state is Texas," and Michelle says, "Yes, love relent." And for those of you that are with me here in Charleston, South Carolina, something I discovered just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, that it only takes about three hours to fly to Dallas Fort Worth. Nice. Which That's is not that, bad. Ah, it's not that bad. Come on, not Glenn. that bad. Come yep. On. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Come on out and do it, dude. Let's, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Have some fun. I'm going to have to see if I can get out and do that and come out and see you guys. It'd be great to do that. Cool. Speaking of travel, you're going to Mexico. Yes. That is, uh, uh, we're going worldwide, everybody. International dead sin. So, <laughs> yeah, we're playing. <laughs> we're playing Exodus Fest in April. It's April sixth through eight in uh, just outside, about an hour and a half outside of Mexico City, and it's in this uh, volcanic. I can't pronounce it, you know, because I don't speak Spanish. But it's in this volcanic state park, and I've seen some really cool uh, uh, pictures of this place. It's a you know outdoor stage set up in the background you've got this volcano i think they said it's about nine thousand feet high and it just sticks up and and there's a beautiful forest and trees it's a like camping type environment and uh we're going to be playing that well i'm not sure what day but yeah we'll be flying down there on on that thursday and uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i'm I'm, i don't like to fly but i'm gonna do this and uh and hopefully i don't lose my lunch on the airplane or nothing but we're gonna we're gonna have a good time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what an opportunity for you to get the message out to to get out there god's yes. really blessing you and that's one of the things we, uh, i've talked about several times that when you see fruit like what's going on it really indicates where you are with the lord you've got all of these shows that you've been, been doing he's expanding your tents you've got new songs that are coming out that are just like theologically they just hit the nail and god's been blessing you and that leads me to my final question for you this evening. Since we talked last time, you know, the music's one thing, the shows and everything. What is it that God's been doing on the inside of you? How have you grown since we spoke last time? Wow, that's a good question. There's quite a few different things, but uh, I'll, I'll say this. The, uh, you know, because we had a song called Wrath. You've heard Sovereign tonight. So it's more of the uh, other side of God. But the thing that has been really growing on me is his love and uh, knowing where I came from being uh, uh, just, you know, I deserve, I deserve to be sent to hell. You know, I, I was a sinner. I, I have committed cosmic treason. 
against God, you know, the creator of the universe. He gives every breath I have is from him, you know, and that was even in the state of before being saved. That's to every person who's alive at this moment is that your every breath, every good gift comes from God and you don't even acknowledge it. And um, so that's just a thing because I grew up uh, in a church in in the teachings of uh, where you could lose your salvation. And that's another aspect of all this, I guess, is just understanding, uh, you know, that I am secure in Christ and that um, the, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall, just like the DC talk song. And, uh, but you're going to sin every day. We all sin every day. There's not one of us that can go maybe 15 minutes without sinning. Yes. If you really, really dig into what sin is. And uh, I just realized God's grace and love towards me that he knew me before he created the foundations of the word. Every single person who's ever been saved, he, he, he knew you, he formed you in the womb and knowing everything you are ever going to do and everything you're ever going to be doing later in the future, he still saved you and it is powerful. And that is just something that blows my mind. The grace of God is love. And I've, I've got to keep growing in that. Because sometimes I get on the downside of like when I, I, I do sin, I, I, I say something I shouldn't say, I have an evil thought, I, I, I'm just whatever. And, you know, it really hits me. And uh, I, it actually, I think in some ways that's a good thing because that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I used to be like, oh, no, I've lost my I've, I've lost fellowship. I've lost my salvation, you know. But that was just the way I was growing up for a long time and being a young man, a young kid growing up like that. But the the perseverance of the saints, you know, and uh, knowing that Jesus, I'm in his hands and no one can take me out of his hands. God, I'm in God's hands and no one can take me out of his hands. It's just comforting. And that's something I've been growing and learning and it makes you gain more confidence. You can be a bolder witness for Christ because it's happened to me where you're having one of them bad days and you're not feeling good or whatever in your walk and suddenly something pops up and you have a chance to be a minister and witness to them, mm -hmm. and, and you lay it out, even though you may not have felt like you're in the right spot, but you can share the gospel if you really understand you are secure in him and that his grace has covered your sins. But I, I, I went on a little bit, but that's kind of just a couple things there. <laughs> no, it, it, it's beautiful, and it's usually those days that you feel like the bottom of your shoe <laughs> that yes. really God uses you the most. You feel like that heel. You just, yeah. you feel like there's nothing there and you're just not, not in it. And then God's like, no, I'm using you now. Yes, exactly. And, and sometimes when you're at your weakest and maybe you feel the worst, that's when God uses you. Sometimes when you're ready to go and you're like on fire. Sometimes that's not when you get used. It's, it's a strange thing. I do want to share something. I just thought about this. It's encouraging to me as an older guy. Uh, I, I was at IHOP uh, a few days ago with my son and we were eating uh, breakfast and I saw these, they were right in the booth in front of us where I could see them. Uh, two young men, they were like 19, 20. They were kind of preppy. And back in the day, I would look at them like, yeah, your mom is probably rich and your dad's rich and on all this. And, uh, so I was kind of being a little judgmental on them and thinking how oh, these guys are like just, you know, prep kids or whatever you want to call them. And uh, so they get their food and they bow their heads and they pray. And I'm sitting there going, oh, and they pray for like 30 seconds. It wasn't just Lord bless his food. Amen. It was a long prayer. And I was just blown away and very impressed. And it encouraged me to see two young men, like I said, 1920 doing this. 
the very next day, I'm driving through Wendy's, and yes, I I do cook at home sometimes, but I'm just <laughs> I'm driving through Wendy's, and the guy that worked in the window leans out and he holds this old lady's hand who had a little handicap thing on thing, and he's praying for, her. and I'm just like right behind him, trying to listen to what they're praying about, and he's praying for, her, and they drive off, and I pull up to him and I go, "Hey man, that was pretty cool. I saw you praying for." Her. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, she needed something. She was telling me this. I said, I'm going to pray for her. And he was like 19, 20, again, just a young guy. And um, I go, yeah, man, I just, you know, I'm a Christian as well, dude. It really touched my heart. Keep it up, man. Just keep reading the word and praying. He's like, I am, I am. He goes, I just, I just accepted Jesus like a week ago. And I was like, wow. I go, that is, that is awesome, dude. I said, keep doing what you're doing, man. I'll see you around and uh, drove off. But it, it was so encouraging. Because I think as we look around, as you get old, you look at the world, it, it looks terrible at times. And you see sin rampant everywhere. But to see a, three young men who are unashamed to be in public yeah. doing something like this was so encouraging for me. And I just wanted to share that to everybody out there. That is encouraging, especially with the younger generation. Exactly. We, That's we something... so need. We so need that. We need young men, especially men who will rise up and be unashamed and preach the gospel, the true gospel, you know, yes. and, and not be scared of what people say and the consequences of it, you know? That is absolutely beautiful. Will says that is encouraging to hear the younger generation. That sounds to me like the signs of the beginnings and the percolations of revival. I hope so. I really hope so. I really (laughs) hope so. Brian, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's always good to check in with you and we'll we'll definitely have you back and we'll dive into some more deep theology and (laughs) and heavy music from Dead Sin. We will be back next Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to keep it a surprise uh, what we're going to be doing. I'm not going to let all of the uh, spill the beans right now and let all the cats out of the bag at once. But uh, until next week, people, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.